0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm my chip outs, man. I got this, yeah.
1: And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time! to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We are here with our usual crowded audience between Dan, Dank Wagers, Longhorn, and Country Club Kobe. Yes, sir. First, we're going to hit you with a nice little interview we just had with Ian Butler. Ian Butler uh, has has competed in Bellator, but he has a fight this weekend in the grappling realm. High Rollers with a Z, BJJ on YouTube. It's going down this Saturday, February 18th. So definitely have that on somewhere because it's going to be a great match.
2: And he's facing uh, Submission Underground veteran, experienced black belt, Andy
1: Varela. Andy Varela, Ian Butler going down High Rollers BJJ this Saturday february 18th be there be square it's on youtube we will be the the former we will be there so first we're going to insert that and then we're going to hit you with our usual schedule programming so stick around welcome back ankle pickers we are here with an expanded cast today we got an interview locked in with none other than ian butler
3: ian how you doing tonight i'm doing good man I'm doing really good here in Vegas so uh yeah Uh, yeah good we're
1: excited to have you and then we got the usual panel as well uh Danny's here to help me with this interview as usual he's more the question man but let's start Ian with just tell us a little bit about yourself tell us about your background how you got into fighting just what what brought you to where you are
3: today okay so uh Reverse. So the, the podcast is called Ankle Pickers. So, is there any wrestlers on this podcast at all? Or so,
1: have you ever seen the clip of Tony Ferguson threatened to ankle pick Fabrizio Verdoom? Of course. <laughs> so, it was kind of a meme via that at first. So, none of us have any like high school wrestling or wrestling, but uh, <laughs> okay. multiple, multiple jiu jitsu trainers are on the. Okay. We're, we're jiu jitsu guys. We which, love to grapple. We, we're okay grapplers. you guys Got know a little
3: bit later you guys know i was tony's like training partner and wrestling coach for years oh that is awesome i actually I I, I I was in the corner against him against Edson by and i was brought in to get tony ready for khabib oh that is awesome over so the I've course been, of i've been there for or five of years huh? fights. i've been there for all of tony's fights uh like Pretty much getting ready for Khabib for everything. So the ankle, pick, thing, all that stuff. It's uh, like um, yeah, man, he's been with me like by my side for years and years. So yeah. <laughs>
1: Let me ask you a question. Awesome. What do you think? And I know that we're gonna get into MMA talk later, but what do you think would have happened with that fight that just never seemed to be able to come to fruition?
3: Fuck, man. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm I'm a Tony Ryder, so I mean that's my boy, but um. Yeah yeah but i mean to, but the the crazy thing about it is my style is really similar to khabib like i i i uh i trap wrists i um uh, i can trap legs on bottom and stuff like that um so it's it's funny that i kind of build my game off of that because one of my mentors back in the day was john fitch and uh, he was like yeah like he was like the original captain of aka you know mm-hmm. so um so yeah so i know how to do all that stuff so it's it's funny i'm very familiar i'm a fan but tony is my boy yeah
1: <laughs> I, my my take was always that tony another we love tony ferguson here too that yeah the <laughs> elbows from the bottom he'd split them open and that'd be yeah. it the old yeah. school tony
3: yeah man old school tony dude yeah he uh he's definitely uh we don't work as much anymore because I got signed over by Ruka and then I, I transitioned, but, uh, um, his last two camps I haven't been a part of, uh, but I mean, he's been going through things, but I'm still a huge supporter of Tony, no matter what, man. Um, when I first moved to California, uh, I remember, uh, we were getting ready for Khabib. And then I remember he told me like, Hey, Khabib got hurt. We're fighting Edson. And then, uh, I was like, damn. And I remember he, uh, after that fight, coming back to California, we went out to dinner and he slid an envelope and uh, it was a couple thousand dollars and he helped me buy my car in California. So he's uh, he's been a big part of my life, man. Uh, Any sponsorships he gave, like he had gave to me stuff like that. So I, I know the uh, the real, real, real Tony up close every single day. Tony, family, That's man,
1: Tony. Amazing. So yeah. That's amazing. I'm happy because I've always been a Tony guy. So I'm happy that it does, (laughs) that that all the rumors are true. (laughs) He's a good guy. you up
2: close and personal with Tony and all those 10th planet guys, how do you think that gives you, uh, I mean, not to skip ahead, but a great look for a 10th planet guy and Andy Varela at this, at high rollers.
3: Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. So like, it's, it's, uh, it's, (laughs) I mean, he's like a funky kind of scramble kind of guy. I scramble too. Um, but the thing about it is like I know how to stop scrambles. That's why I got brought in. <laughs> like, you know, um that's why Khabib is good at he can control, right? And stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh so yeah, man, like Andy is like a super scrambler. It's same, it's like, man, I don't know why the fuck like these 10 Planet guys like uh kind of like breakdance, boogie, like all those guys are kind of like fucking kind of like, like funky. I'm a fan of it, even though I can't fucking do it. But I'm more <laughs> of like a smash uh I'm more of like a smash and pass kind of guy uh in your sense uh but yeah man i'm a fan of it it's flashy it's cool man um i've been in that planet i've been in that system kind of with tony forever because he had casey hustrow he had eddie bravo so we're super familiar you know it's it's nothing but love um actually uh uh announcement eddie hit me up the other day to be in the welterweight tournament for combadas so i just signed that actually too so I'm going to go back to back as well. Mm-hmm. So 10 Planet has a lot of love for me even though I mean I helped out one of their guys for years. Even though I'm going up against one of their guys, it's still mm-hmm. like man, it's still a lot of respect like, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So just talking about the event, how are we and our listeners able to support the event? It, how, how can we watch or tune in or
3: leave it to YouTube? Okay. <laughs> I think it's pretty simple. I think it's pretty simple. I believe it's YouTube. Uh yeah, man, a lot of um i was at the ufc pi today uh rolling around and uh mm-hmm. it's really cool like seeing patchy next and a lot of the guys up there and then just like yo saturday we're gonna fucking be there just because like it's uh high level grappling me and him in the main event and a lot of fighters are showing um support it's just because we're not um everybody here has done jiu-jitsu you know we're not um me and Andy are not guard bowlers at yeah. all so so it's gonna make for a very exciting style um yeah man I'm I'm just glad to just get out there and get back in the limelight and and just compete man like it's it's been a couple years so it's uh yeah man I'm just fucking stoked so yeah
1: could you talk to us about that layoff what I know you your most recent or your, your Bellator win was one of your most recent fights back in 2018. And then yeah. 2019 uh, when Kobe and I were looking, we saw it was kind of right before the pandemic. Yeah. I think it, yeah, so, yeah. it's been so about like, three years. I,
3: I always been cool with Scott Coker and uh, Bellator and everything. So I always did like deals that like, man, if they're not in town or anything and they can't schedule me, I will, I can also fight outside of the promotion. That's not, equally level to them. So it's not competition, right? So that's why, like, when you see my record, you see a couple Gladiator stuff and stuff like that, they will let me out to do that just so I can stay active, you know? And um, yeah, man, like when I first got signed, it was hard. Uh, I was the top number one amateur in the country and I got thrown into the big leagues right away and I was young and I didn't know how to really be a pro necessarily. I was the number one amateur in the country and I was still taking cardio kickboxing classes. You know, yeah. it's fucking insane, you know. So um, and then in that journey meeting Tony me on this guy, I learned how to be a pro and then um yeah, man. And then I start getting in my role with Bellator and I started on my win streak. I think I'm on four foot win streak right now with all stoppages and uh and then the fucking pandemic happened. <laughs> yeah. The pandemic happened and then I should say life happened as well, you know, um end up getting a separation personally uh, with my mm-hmm. wife, uh, and she was diabetic too, so I didn't fight in the pandemic because of that, and then, um, I opened up my gym, I have my silverback wrestling club, we're, like, one of the top wrestling clubs in the nation, we're, like, the number one club of putting kids into college right now, so, um, selfishly, like, I, uh, I kind of just stopped and poured into them so I can travel with them so all my kids can get their college scholarships and travel the country. And I stayed active and busy, by fighters still coming in and everything else. And then, uh, yeah, man. And then when the pandemic was kind of done, I signed with, uh, I went to the Atlanta Open, won that. And then Submission Chelsea signed and hit me up for Submission Underground. Finally started getting back right? And then, uh, I got my dream matchup of all time of Colos Condit because, uh, man, since I was a high school kid watching Colos Condit at bars and everything and stuff like that, uh, and then, uh, end up tearing my ACL. So, uh, I, I took, uh, the break because of the pandemic, then took some time off and then I finally started getting back. And then when I started getting back, I I got the news that I tore my ACL and then had to recover. And then, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, this weekend is really special to me because like man, gym is up and running. Now we have three locations now. So um in California, um we're killing it. Um, I think we put like over 40 kids to CIF, which is kind of like the playoffs, uh, all different schools. And then um weights down, back healthy again. So this is the this weekend is special to me because it's the first kickoff of uh me coming back fully, like and being active. And I'm still young in my career. So yeah, man.
1: Are Clearly all three gyms you California... have? Um... Sorry, Dan, I was just curious about that. Are all three gyms in California? Yes. Okay, cool. Just curious. Go ahead, Dan. Clearly, you have an extensive uh, wrestling
2: and grappling background. Um, and obviously, the injuries has played into this. But when you're making your return, um, do you eventually want to get back to fully mixed martial arts or are these grappling competitions something you really want to sink your teeth into
3: and uh, continue? so i'm i originally when i even when i first started like i wanted to do both be the best grappling guy in the world and uh and be the best mma guy in the world Initially, fighting has always been fighting right um but since um man i don't know like maybe it's a pandemic maybe it's something dude but grappling is fucking popping off bro like uh one fc and stuff like that and and i'm like damn dude like it's really time for me to like live my dreams so um This is a crazy fucking story. So I signed with the fucking PFL, right? So I signed with the PFL and then I went to go, I was supposed to fight on the first challenger series. And then that Monday of flying me out, I went to go get my medicals and uh, I didn't pass my eye medical because I had surgery 12 years ago for my first bellatory fight. It's called like spots in the eye. So it's kind of like spots in the eye. It can lead to a detached retina but it's not a serious surgery. It's literally like you get it done 20 minutes, laser, and then you can fight literally five minutes later, right? Unfortunately, there wasn't a retina specialist from California to Florida, so they had to reschedule me. So for me to stay active, it was just a chance that like high rollers hit me up. And then I'm like, man, like, so my surgery, I'm having my surgery next week, and then I'll be officially cleared. I'll be back to fighting full time. But while I'm taking this, uh, while I'm getting back in shape and w- before the surgery, I'm getting in these high-level jiu-jitsu competitions. And uh, and then ever since I signed with High Rollers, now I'm getting a lot of offers. I think Polaris also offered me to, to go over to uh, the UK. I think they got Chris Wyman coming up on a super fight card as well. Um, and then Eddie Bravo hit me up for combatus. So I'm getting booked like crazy for professional grappling, just in general, which Is like my bread and butter and first love, so I'm looking to look. I'm looking to go into the rankings in both. I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna enter the rankings in MMA, back again, and also the pro grappling scene as well.
1: I love that. I think getting in the grap like you said, I it could be the pandemic, but I know both Danny and I watch all these grappling tournaments, and (laughs) it's definitely picked up popularity. It's definitely. So having your your feet in both is definitely not a problem.
3: I think you're going to see a shift. Like, I I guarantee, like, I'm putting money on it, that you will probably see a lot of fighters that people should be fighting not going to MMA anymore. Like, just because, like, it's uh, this training camp is, every training camp is hard, but it's a little bit more easy. Like, when you bring up injuries, right? Like, I, I had the injury bug, like, I tore my ACL, right? This is the second time I had ACL surgery both legs. When I first signed my Bellator deal, I signed my contract. First day on the mat, I tore my ACL. Came back, had an amateur fight. So um, MMA is fucking brutal, bro. Like when you add in like kicks and kicking elbows and stuff like that, like it's it's fucking hard. Um, jiu-jitsu like, it, and grappling, uh, don't get me wrong. You can still step on the mat the wrong way. Knee can turn the wrong way but initially if you just tap or something like that, like you can dude, you can do it for years and years to come. You know, I see some of the best grapplers in the world. Like one of my coaches, Ben Dean Lister, that brought me out, you know, um, Dean to five-time world champ, like they're doing it at the age high level to like 44. Right. And you're not talking, and you're not talking about taking that much damage like on the brain or anything. Like it's a, uh, I think you're definitely going to see a shift, man. Um, for sure. Especially, just like the offers, like I think Nikki got offered like 25,000 to show. Like, yeah. now if you wanna talk about like, going into details about fight money, and like I, I've i been there in the big promotions, I've even fought in glory kickboxing. Man, if you will offer that money to MMA fighter, I guarantee you they would ship over instead of having, I think contender series for UFC is five and five.
1: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. And I know PFL has drawn a lot of talent Because not only do they uh, limit elbows for their like season format, but just the fact that like if you were going to be someone who's getting 10 and 10 in the UFC, it's like, oh, I'd rather go for that Millie in the bracket um, 10
3: and 10 anyways. (laughs) When they sent me over my contract, I never seen so many fucking zeros in my life. I am a fan of the fucking PFL. I am a fucking PFL cheerleader. I fucking love it. I love the format. They invited me to the first ever playoffs. I believe is in Long Beach, and Will Brooks was fighting on that card, right? Because like I'm a, I'm an MMA fucking junkie, right? Like so, like I I always like watch film stuff like that. So like, so Will Brooks way back in the day, like when he fought Michael Chandler, they brought yeah. Bellator off after that pay per view, and then when they signed, like I'm like, dude, the host of rosters that they had. And just the playoff formats is fucking dope as fuck man like it's uh it's super cool. I love it. And the key thing for me personally because I'm still on my prime like I'm only 33 so like the key word is active. like how can you stay active right? like I think that's the thing though like it's uh some of the guys from the UFC even talking today like it's uh when do you get scheduled like you might get sick, right? or the worst case scenario. Like short notice calls, right? You get short notice calls. At least PFL scheduled, it's regulating. You just know when you're going to come up. Like, you know, you're going to have three fights a year. If you make the playoffs, you're going to have five. You know, like it's, um I love that format. I absolutely love it.
2: Yeah. yeah. We're, I mean, we're here for that as well. Big fans of the PFL, big fans of the shift, <laughs> shift towards overall grappling. I mean, I've got the Quintet Ultra poster behind me watch who, who's number one all the time i mean yeah um, <laughs> but yeah w- when you're doing these camps that are i guess are for more specialized competitions um how specialized are the camps are they are you focusing only on grappling right now or are you still kind of mixing everything together uh, and,
3: it's, um, it's funny like nothing really really changes for real like i um mostly like even though like i trust me like my my striking can hold its own right like i i uh even though you see a lot of the finishes on the wrestlers, they're mostly like submissions and like ground and pound submissions, like, you know, and stuff like that. Um, But I can hold my own feet. If I couldn't hold my own glory, wouldn't assign me, like, you know, but um, I only really strike like probably once or twice a week, like kickboxing, you know? Um, Obviously uh, when I get closer, I just don't kickbox anymore, you know? And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, that's it. You know, it's pretty simple uh so yeah 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 I, I i think it's pretty much routine as normal um and plus like for me it's kind of cool to break out the monopoly just to throw something once in a while <laughs> uh once a week and then pretty much is good from there
1: right on
2: yeah and i i'm reading here on tapology it's saying that you're training at victory mma <laughs> how would you end up there how I'm did sorry,
0: you get uh,
2: that <laughs> do training camps say it again one more time no i'm I'm just seeing here that uh list you train at victory mma i'm
3: not sure if that's still correct <laughs> yeah yeah I'm that's a long uh, time ago that was at, okay uh, that was with dean Lester. that was with dean and um yeah 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 but not not much anymore i'm mostly at violent gentleman now um it's such a great company so it's kind of like how ruka was like ruka when i got signed to ruka it was me biz RDA, uh Jake Ellenberger, and um and it was pretty much a, just a training ground that you guys can just go in and train, you know. So violent gentlemen is pretty much just like that. But um Brian, um, such a good guy, good black belt, um, signed me and, and um uh, a lot of the AOJ guys go there and a lot of the other black belts go there, you know, and it's like just a and I got a key to the facility, I go there and get my rounds in and And it's pretty cool, man. And then now, since I have my gym, I can bring people to me. So uh, even though I am, I've kind of fallen into the veteran kind of role now that people, I can bring people to me now, uh, which is really, really cool. So yeah, but I'm also um, utilizing my boy Chase too. Mike, he's like one of my best friends. He owns gold Rush wrestling in in Nevada. And he's also working with, he worked with Aljamain Sterling for his camp. And then now he has Cody Nola and he has now Danny Ige. So um I was with them today at the PI. So um Vegas is only four hours away, man. So it's really easy for me to just go there for two or three days, get some rounds in, and then come back and then still stay home. So like it's um that's the reason why I moved out to California, man. You have so many uh resources. King's MMA is right down the street too. My boy Benny Dalius is right down the street as well. Um is that Mecca Cyborg is still down the street, even though we don't all train at one jail, we all still get together and still train.
2: So what's that process like? is it really just all connections? You've known anyone. So when you're cross-training, uh you send anyone a text, or you have do normally people have their managers do it or kind of what's that process like?
3: Yeah, dude. I just sent Vinny. I was like, what the fuck are you doing Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's easy to know. <laughs> Yeah, but also, too, you got to realize the MMA community is small, dude. Like, it's uh, uh, me, Benny Delius, Jake Ellenberger, Mark Munoz, uh, Caitlin Young all went overseas for the USO tour, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The only person that doesn't live in that area was Caitlin Young. You know, all of us lived pretty close to each other, and it was all meeting each other. So, and we all trained with each other over there so it's really easy for us to uh get together you know and then also to like gasoline like me and gasoline it's it's just california's crazy like even though you're not training the same camp but we have the same strength conditioning coaches and then it's like gasoline and marvin all of us doing strength conditioning together right so everybody's it's 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 crazy that some people are teammates in different ways but it might not just be training jiu-jitsu right like it and then also too, like Cabrina, like Cyborg was going out of Cabrina and Don Madge was coming out with Cyborg Camp and I think he just signed with PFL. So he was going to Cabrina as well. So like there's other teammates in Jitsu that's not close to MMA. So it's, uh, it's crazy. It's weird. Um, I think also too, me being owner and kind of learning from Tony and learning from RDA and some of these vets, um, MMA is kind of going towards like the boxing kind of, uh, Types of training camps, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of um you have your coaches to give you what you want, right? I have my guys to give me what I want with lead guys over at Valley and Gentleman. It's for me, right? And I have teammates and stuff like that too, but it's geared towards me. And you can bring in your own people, just like how boxing training camps are, right? And if mm-hmm. you need to go somewhere to go get some work, you can go and get some work. I think it's more geared towards there anyway. And I think the big reason why because of UFC PI too. When I was at the PI, there's so many different guys, so many different guys, right? So many different weight classes. So many people come in there, just train together. You get what you need in there and then you go and get your individual training when you need to.
1: So you, you obviously have a fight coming up this weekend, um, February 18th. And so what does your week, since we're talking about training, what does your week look like? Like what's your fight week look like, whether it's grappling or MMA, um, <laughs>
3: Um, so I pretty way. much like, so Monday, Monday, I might just hit pads, just, uh, just hit pads, uh, still go for my run in the morning. Um, how far? I, <laughs> like three uh, miles. <laughs> okay. that, no, that's
1: far. That see, that's
3: how I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. That's five, a lot. Three to five, bro. Three to five. I'm a fighter for a reason. I ain't trying to do no marathons. I'm not the deal. Right. Uh, uh. Those those are money, those are money numbers right there. Three to five. So I'll do those and then um and then honestly, like it's kind of geared down a little bit. So like it's more Mm -hmm. technique than anything, right? So I might grapple, I might roll, just depending on the day. Tuesday, Thursdays, I always do sprints anyways. I still won't even break up that routine. I still just do it. Just it's just a mental thing for me. Um just because I use my conditioning as a weapon, right? So um, that style, that wrestling heavy style, you need to have a good pace. So conditioning is important to me. Yeah. Um, today, I drove out here, trained for like three out. I flow rolled for like 30 minutes with my guy. And then I had my boy Chase and then um, worked through a new guy named Josh. I think he just got signed off the contender series for the UFC. Uh, he fights at 70. Um, just did technique um and then mostly chill and then i'm gonna probably just go drill tonight lightly just work on concepts and then that's it tomorrow i have sprints and then pretty much done from there you know friday i can flow roll i can run do whatever but um it's fight time there ain't much you can do now (laughs) weights on weights on point weights looking good weights good yeah (laughs) feel good yeah Weights good i'm chilling i can kind of eat what i want but uh I probably have one day to probably go crazy on Sunday. <laughs> because I have to me wait, I have to make wait for uh for the combat of jitsu one for March. So
2: Okay. okay. How different is that? Not to derail just with the open hand strikes and, and whatnot. Obviously, coming from MMA, you're used to it. But I, I guess how tough is it
3: of an adjustment for purely the I fucking love suit? it, dude. I love it. Sign me to fuck up. Like, I mean, I am signed up, but like sign me up all the time. Like I, it's, you guys all do jujitsu. I guarantee you guys want to fucking slap somebody sometimes when they're oh. fucking like being fucking annoying. They don't want to move positions. Right. So like, I, I, ugh, man, dude, like I, so I'm really big on the mental game too. Right. So there's some really good jujitsu guys, right. That are not fighters per se. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're athletes, they're competitors. Right. But there's a little bit more different when you actually, like, when somebody's getting punched for real, like, in your, like, that fight or flight, like, that's different, right, so I think, um, I'm not saying I have the advantage, I probably have more experience in that realm of that fight realm of, like, trying to get somebody out of there, I think it's a skill, right, like, when you know when somebody's gonna go, and you're trying to finish, trying to end the show, like, I'm really good at it, I have a 98% percentage finishing rate, so, that added in is huge man it's huge because you can't really do stuff like you usually like i remember in fighting when people used to hop on foot heel hooks and they're like oh you have to fight the hands and i'm like or just punch him in the fucking face just punch him in the face
1: that's punch one of the it. best defenses. Some,
3: the yeah. face the face is open like the, there's two heels on one right if you come up they don't have leverage right put your put a boot in and then punch him in the face you know like it's it's uh I think it's pretty simple. Um, I can't wait, man. It's the first time ever being a part of something like this. Um, too as well. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dope. And it's in Cancun, Mexico, so it's not a bad location that's, to go
2: to. That's sweet. I'm excited to watch. That's <laughs> pretty
1: sweet. Yeah, you, you have at least two viewers in this room alone. So we'll be all over that. we all over <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Diana, I else pressing, Dan, or should should we press on? I think we can press on. I've uh I I have a couple more stuff while we have you, and then we'll let you get back to your regimen, and then hopefully we can have you back too. Cause I could go for uh, there's so many times I wanted to take segues, and I was
3: like, but we gotta be disciplined, dude, we gotta be that, disciplined. It's time to take your segways. You yeah, it's time to take, take the segues.
1: Me. So when are you obviously we got the grappling competitions coming up? Um, and I also checked, you can everyone who's listening watch on high rollers BJJ on YouTube. He was dead on the mark. It is YouTube, but it looks like a fun event. But when do you think, um, you might make an MMA return?
3: I was supposed to make it a couple of weeks ago if it wasn't for mine. So we're probably looking like, um, I got to talk to my manager, uh, early i was hoping early march but since i just signed with combatas, we'll see i'm down to go back to back as well um if pfls want to bring me in because i mean i gotta make weight anyway so like that's i'm right. down to go back to back and then keep my weight low and then go do jiu-jitsu for fun and fucking king coon you know right. um so um asap that's the question that that's my answer like i'm down asap i'm ready to go You know, um, I'm doing core matchups like this so I can stay active against a a high-level opponent. Like, if you're not a high-level opponent, it doesn't mean anything to me. So, like, it's all geared for MMA. It's all geared to come back. Would it be with
1: PFL or would it be with Bellator or do you not even know?
3: Most likely PFL. Okay,
1: sweet. Hey, we might be there. Hey, we might be there. <laughs> we we do so. We like the PFL. We're we like
3: the PFL either. We well, we'll uh, most likely, most likely PFL. I already talked to Scott about it. I was like, I am big on that, so it's a That's, little awesome. Part of
0: the PFL. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. Great. We we
2: asked Ray uh, about I mean, I think it was the regular season three last year. Um, I think it was Kayla's first fight. We were asking Ray about um. <laughs> a bellator pfl kind of super fight event because i think um who was in the agent mckee was in the building um and so it it was kind of cool just get that ball rolling and and i think that race echo especially is really excited about that kind of idea and so i I, would be conflicted (laughs) we got a
1: bellator pfl event
3: yeah i know i know right i'm like fuck who do i go with uh (laughs) that's hard uh Hey, you want to be a company man, but at the same time, man, Scott Coker has gave me so many chances when I came up short and just believed in me, and I wouldn't even have a name at all if it wasn't even for Bellator, man. They gave me a shot, dude. So through. they they uh, I have nothing but love for them. Uh, I just bet it on myself, so and just took the leap to fight for PFL. I hear a million dollars. There's not a lot of people that can win a million dollars in his lifetime, you know. Mm-hmm. So. You just gotta take chances.
1: <laughs> and from we've done, we've been fortunate enough to do both with,
3: uh, do work with both companies, and they're both great. You can't go they're wrong. They're both either. amazing. Yeah, they're both amazing, man. I that staff's literally seen me grow up, man, in their eyes, dude. Like, uh, and I got brought in in the Brian Rebney days. My first pay per view when they signed me and brought me over was Tito versus Shimenko, and then King Mo versus Rampage, Chandler versus Real Brooks. It was also the debut of uh uh Michael Venom Page as well um so yeah like I I got brought in those days and then I got and when I got signed that was the first ever event was uh Scott Coker and then I remember doing my interviews and Scott's like oh man I'm really excited to see you fight and I'm like me like me like what like fuck okay all right Scott you know and they put yeah. me main event on the prelims for that biggest card of the of history like you know so for bellator 131 tito versus stefan bonner so i remember
1: that fight yeah
3: yeah, I remember that fight. yeah
1: <laughs> this is so refreshing because you know like you said the mma community is small when you meet the people it's like oh my gosh i need to talk your ear off because it's it's rare when you can talk mma I, I can tell you're just like us we're in the wormhole of taping fights and following all the news and all that good stuff <laughs> one one more question for you and i know kobe really wanted to get this one asked what what's your goal what what's the main goal with your mma career is it to um catch gold is it to inspire your uh because obviously you own gyms what what's what's the what's the main goal
3: um i mean i can't fight forever um i mean the gym is obviously to provide for my family, you know, um, it's a business, so, you know, it's a business and it helps a lot of people at the same time, you know, um, um, trying to get these kids to to hire, get a good education, take them off, have crazy good life experience, travel with them is amazing, you know, um, honestly, like, uh, I mean, I've been competing since I was five, I mean, being a world champion is everything to me, right? Um, so, um, obviously, I want to win a world title. I want to in the million. I wanna be the number one great guy in grappling. Uh, I still have years to do that as well. Um, the ultimate goal, obviously, if anybody heard my story, man, with all this is to have a good platform so I can help out other people as well. um our wrestling clubs a nonprofit, so uh we help out a lot of kids in need that that um that's less fortunate as well. I wouldn't be where I'm at, if it wasn't for wrestling or being adopted, being in the kids' home, coming out. So it's it's definitely so I can, uh, to be the good guy in the sport and uh, to help get back and to help kids uh, reach out to particular. Is it MMA, it's something with combat sports, man, that does something to people for some reason, right? The closeness, stuff like that. And to put it in a positive light to help other people, that's the goal, man. And if I win a world title on the way, then I did my job. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: the, the discipline of MMA is what, one of the things I've definitely taken away, but man, that, see, I, I like the overarching goal there. I, I, we really wanted to get into all that, the, the background, do you, do you have time or do we need to save it for another? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, man, just, uh, just crazy background of, I mean, being in St. Louis, Missouri, I mean, uh, you guys are from Chicago, you know? So, I mean, St. Louis is rough, man. Um, East St. Louis is pretty, like, was the myrtle capital of the United States, at one point, point. and then you have Ferguson, I grew up in Ferguson as well, um, so, like, it, it's uh, very humble beginnings, man, like, I had to boil water to take showers, like, all kinds of stuff, man, and then moved to California, mom couldn't afford it, got put in a boy's home, got adopted, and ended up moving back to St. Louis, so I had a lot of, humble beginnings, man, a lot of rough beginnings, but it also put a lot of amazing people in my life to get me where I'm at today, man, and uh, the biggest moment ever getting signed to Bellator wasn't fighting on the main event, wasn't getting signed, but I went back to the same homeless shelter that I got raised and dropped off over 100 tickets so they can all go to and Busters and all go to the fights, because, like, man, you have teachers and people in your life who's just like, man, you can believe and achieve and do all these things which is true. Right. Um, But when you actually have a kid that actually grew up in the same household and same bed and wear the same handy down clothes from you and, and living in those situations, and you actually see somebody like actually make it to that stage, it gives you a little hope, man. And, you know, and that's, uh, that's always my job to do. And that's what I believe I'm putting my on this earth to do is to give hope, give back and to use martial arts and all this stuff to help get back and give these kids different scenarios to to help brighten up their lives a little bit.
1: That's amazing. You're impossible not to root for. Uh, we (laughs) definitely have people rooting for you this weekend. (laughs) One one last question, maybe a little bit more, um, could be more upbeat. What? Let's go. Where did Silverback come from? Where did the name Silverback come from?
3: So my first ever amateur fight, I fought in Eureka, Missouri at a Motel Six, a nicer Motel Six because they had a conference room. Okay. It was the $69.99 amount a night night. So um I um my first fight, I ended his career. He never fought ever again. I knocked him out with nasty vicious Grounded and pound. And um I uh and I got the name Silverback ever since because of how me and my ground and pound was but also to my coach just recently research he was like hey man you know silverbacks are very like protective of their families are very family oriented stuff like that and that just embodies just you just in general you know so um yeah man so I've been called Ian Silverback Butler ever since my amateur days and it's just so funny like having Silverback Wrestling Club as a big brand now across the nation is just uh it's really cool man so yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that that name's fitting and i and i heard the rumor in the mma world is all nicknames are given not like they're earned you know what i mean they're given
3: they're given (laughs) they were given they were given and i also have like a long reach right too so like uh the joke is like ian's a real silverback like look how long his arms are Mm -hmm. like and the joke in college is like i can tie my shoes standing up like (laughs) because silverbacks have long arms so uh yeah so it was very fitting Extremely fitting for me, for sure.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chopping it up with us. This was an absolute blast to have the opportunity to interview you. Um, good luck in your fight this weekend. For everyone listening, check out High Rollers BJJ Rollers is with a Z on YouTube and tune in this weekend to watch our man Ian Butler fight. Also, go follow him at Twitter uh, on Twitter at Ian Butler MMA. Yeah. Another great spot to get all the content.
3: Um. Anything else, Ian? Any any, any other place to, to follow you? Anything else? That is it. Oh, yeah. social uh, Instagram's Ian Butler MMA as well. I'm very active on there as well. Hit me up. Um, if you're ever around in California, our gym is only five minutes away from Disneyland, so we call it the most happiest place on earth. If you're ever around in Cali and want to get some rolls in or if you ever go to a show and say what's up, I'm, I'm active. I got a lot of guys uh, fighting now and I'm back fighting now, so... Just come see what's up to me. So, yeah, that's it.
1: Sweet. Can confirm. Extremely friendly. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. That's a wrap. So let's start off with the recap. Then we're going to go over to country clubs, country club's Corner with news and notes. Thought of that just now. And then we're going to break down this 11-fight masterpiece of a fight card that's probably the most entertaining thing of 2023, probably fight card of the year. There's zero chance that it's not going to be that. Most One likely. last thank you to Ian Butler. That that was awesome. Yeah, and we will have him back. If you're if you just listened to that interview, you are well aware how awesome that was. And we're looking forward to talking to him again and chopping it up. So let's get in recap first, Dan, because there's a couple things worth recapping. Country Club's got his bonus pen out and I'm not going to worry too much about some of the stuff, but uh, Brenner, Tukagov split decision seemed to be controversial. I was fine with it. I, I know we said Tukagov won probably, but like definitely didn't deserve it.
2: Yeah. Bad decision. Ultimately bad looks for Tukagov all fight week, missed weight again. Yeah. Um, He's didn't, in trouble. Didn't do anything decisive in the fight. So obviously I've, Not happy with the judge's decision, but it's kind of the classic Dana White. Don't leave it in the hands of the idiots.
1: Yeah. One more um, thing I wanted to mention is Blake Builder looked very great. He fought Shane Young, and it was his UFC debut off Contender Series. What did you make of that performance? Because this is a guy that, in my opinion, I'm looking to hopefully back again. Yeah, he checked all the boxes for me. Nothing that
2: really jumped off the screen, but great performance. Uh, Shut down the hometown favorite.
1: Loma, Luki, and Bumi got a sweet sub and I'm hoping Kobe nods 50 K here No,
4: Unfortunately, no, but really that good. Is a bummer. Really good performance. Coming yeah. out of the round after kind of being questioned, I don't know, questionable performance in the first.
1: Yeah. So one of the only fights uh, to get a finish, at least of the earlier ones, it started to pick up late and, she took on Elise Reed, who I had a gold tweet that Elise Reed looked like Mark Zuckerberg. Didn't get the traction I loved, but I thought it was – I cracked up at it. I mean, Mark I was,
2: Zuckerberg might as well be a better fighter.
1: She he sparring with Volk? Yeah, I did. It was pretty good. But Loma shoots – she, she was doing these hip throws, which I loved. And in the first round, she does a hip throw, gets reversed. Comes out in the second round and does another open mat hip throw but this time sinks in the rear naked. So she clearly felt something, but Dan and I are adamant she'd be an amazing, she'd probably be the champion of UFC 105, the 105 pounders, but still making a name for herself here at 115. The only
4: women's fight on the card. Uh, Science went technically 0-1. I was on Loma. I think that you guys were too. So I don't know how much we're going to chalk that up, but technically the science went 0-1 because she closed. Minus three forty, which is ten cents inside the range, minus three fifty.
1: Maybe one day we adjust it to like three three hundred. I don't know. We're it's still a work of progress, but system still works. Um, Dan, Jack Jenkins beat you uh you know, unanimous decision over Don Channis, but I don't know, was that the performance you were looking for?
2: I, I saw one-way traffic. I didn't think okay. that John Channus really had a moment in this fight, and I there wasn't really a second that I was sweating that Jack Jack parlay. Um So, yeah, I I was impressed. I think that i obviously Jack need to step up in competition. Um, Not so much like a huge step up, but step up from Don
1: Shanice. Couldn't agree more. Jamie Malarkey stops the 11 and 0 Francisco Prado. And this was just the definition of maybe too much too soon. Jamie looked really good. Jamie looked in control, uh, avoided any threats. Looked good. So I actually went to the bathroom for this one and missed it. And so I had to watch it on Twitter. But Gleetson Rodriguez, KOTKO kicks and punches over Shannon Ross. Oh, yeah, he looked day. electric. That wasn't 50K. Ah,
4: uh, 50K. he missed weight, he wasn't eligible.
1: Oh, I was about to say, because if he doesn't get 50K but by the and... way, we're gonna
4: get you're you're not gonna be shocked by what gets bonuses. I know, him.
1: but okay, but let me just keep guessing because 59 seconds, I mean, that that that's usually worth 50k.
4: Not when you miss but, weight
1: yeah and also this to me is not a I'm getting on the Gleedson Rodriguez train. it's way more like why is Shannon Ross I mean if it wasn't in, if it wasn't in Australia, this wouldn't even he would not be on the card so spoolie bow rear naked choke over Melslick, Bogdasari and Danny you need to talk about this one. what happened
2: yeah I mean Melslick just was not him that night. Koolibau had the answers, but ultimately, it's not so much a performance where I'm like, "Wow, look at this Koolibau guy." Neither guy showed
1: up. Yeah, it was underwhelming. Um, so I actually had Bukakis here, Bukakis for one unit. I think that the that Vegas just really messed up on pricing this because he went out and and got caught after his injury, came back, but uh, got a unanimous decision over Tyson Pedro. I did see in news and notes, I don't know if Kobe's going to mention this, but that Tyson Pedro apparently had the stomach flu the night before and was saying, like, oh, I had the stomach flu. I wasn't in good shape for this fight or whatever. But nonetheless, a win's a win. mikauka got it done and looked good. Looked poised. Jimmy Crute, majority draw over Alonzo Menifield. No win. It, Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Manyfield ends in majority draw. What do you think of the decisive point take Uh, with the fence grab. I actually thought it was good. And I actually, as much as I hate to say it, I hope we see more of it because I know the fence grab is something that's like involuntary a lot of the time, but that fence grab to me single-handedly stopped the takedown, in which case a point you can't give a warning for that unless the ref goes, okay, we're going to give him top position, right? So it's a gray area there, but I I think we need to be, I, I want to see
4: that change where you can award position.
1: Rather than mm. take away a point, okay, I wouldn't. I would. I would welcome that change. I would welcome that change too, because points are just tough. It's almost impossible to win if you lose a point. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I agree. I, I was really happy in the moment,
2: and uh, I, this was right when I got to the theater, um, and there were a lot of confused people as to why it was so decisive, and like exactly what you said. That's a really, really opportunistic or inopportune time for a fence grab. And it completely
1: changed, changed the, the round. The other thing I want to add too, I would be remiss if I didn't. This was an extremely, it was exciting fight because of what the circumstances was, two gas guys going for finishes. But if you were a backer or a big backer in Crute or Manyfield, I think that you take this one and you go, I may never back these guys again. Like I have no interest in backing Crute. Um after this it's performance, he, and I'm worried his knees gonna give out. Right. He like couldn't stand really. It looked, it looked weird. He just got teed off on. Not looking forward to it. And then Manyfield, obviously, there were multiple opportunities, but he gassed out faster than a diesel truck carrying a ton of weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the first fight of the main card. And then oh, Justin Tafa K O T KO Parker Porter. 50K? Nope. Okay. So, end of. Okay. So, Justin Toffa, um, I mean, TKO'd Parker Porter. Danny, care to comment? The big bomb landed. Parker Porter stinks. He needs to make the He's way of Jared weight. Van.
4: Who's surprised at this result? Me? Whatever. Justin Toffa got smoked by Jared Van
1: Dera. It's heavyweight. It's a game of right. punch face. Can't, half second moral, changes everything. The moral of this fight is I need to make like Dan and just get off backing heavyweights. It just is not profitable. It's just dumb. Jack Delamed Elena uh, <laughs> club and sobbed uh, Randy Brown. He did get a rear naked choke, and but it, it was it came from a counter right that landed that dropped him. I'm going to go to you first, Kobe. What do you think of this? How are you feeling after this?
4: I love Jack Della Madalena, my boy. He's accurate as hell. He throws heavy, sharp elbows, too. I mean, he it looked like it, it, it took him a little bit of time to figure out Randy Brown's range. And he, I mean, it didn't take him around, but it took him a minute and a half, and then he figured it out, and it was quick work.
1: Yeah. Probably. i got
2: a question for you guys. Go for it. This is now, he's 4-0 in the UFC. With a contender series win, also all four of those UFC wins are round one finishes. Dominantly, obviously, it's a different whole style than the Hamzat. But when do we start giving him the Hamzat steam and the really pushing him up up these up these rank classes? I don't he's think he's lost. Big, he's officially ranked
4: fourteen, by the way. Now,
1: okay, that's I mean, good. Yeah, but in I mean, a
2: similar vein to Hamzat, I don't think he's lost a second in the octagon.
1: No, the other big thing too is like. I mean obviously we talked about it we've watched hundreds of thousands of fights like it's it's crazy rarely do you see somebody that has this much power that is this accurate and I hate to draw the comparison but it reminds me a lot of Conor striking where it's not it doesn't need to be the fastest but it's it's the precision and the power combination is just so rare and weird I mean he he hits every shot where he intends it so yeah, I'm hoping for that. I like what you said, Danny. I'm I'm hoping for a, a good ranked opponent next. for Neil, him.
4: Vicente Luque, Neil Mag. Luque would be great.
1: Luque would be great. Jeff Neal would be great, too. I know Jeff's got shop caught here, it but
4: would be a fun stylistic matchup
1: is Wonder Boy. Yeah, that would be. I don't know if Wonder Boy would want that, and maybe he would. But yeah, Wonder I actually did. I got to come clean. I did about, I think I did a, a full unit on Della Medellina. Kotko minus one fifteen. I could have done minus one thirty five and added the sub in, and I literally thought to myself, "There's no point. He will not sub him. Fuck it." Um, the other thing too, I the guy that I shouted out on Twitter, I feel horrible because he got one of the sharpest plays in ever. He got Randy Brown by sub only at plus one sixty. It was so sharp. <laughs>
0: I forgot about that.
1: It was so sharp that DraftKings pulled it down and readjusted it to Randy Brown minus by sub only. It was like minus 135 by sub only. So the guy got a fucking, a whole dollar in closing line value and all for not. Club and sub Jack Della Madalena. So
4: 50K Jack Della Madalena, first bonus of the night.
1: Well-deserved. Maybe we will get that nose fixed. All right. My massive bet was this one here. Yair Rodriguez submission via triangle over josh emmett in the co-main event 145 and i'm coming in hot dan because you said something stinks here you said there's poopy underwear on this fight
2: yeah i I was smelling something that clearly wasn't there um yeah you showed that he's totally a top three 145
1: -er. i agree and i you weren't wrong though. i wanted to say that just to bust your balls but Emmett drop. I think Emmett continued his drop streak. I think he dropped Yair um near the end of the first there. But what it really came down to, and no disrespect to Emmett, because he clearly is tough and clearly is is a top um featherweight, but it was the speed and the and the diversity of strikes. I mean, he just could not catch up to Yair. It was, he would swing, Yair's not there. And then all of a sudden he'd pop with two leg kicks and a and a and a spinning. Kicked to the head and a tornado kick and all of a sudden it's just like what the fuck just happened so yeah, the stance switching it, it was just way too much for Josh Hammett to be able to read so because of the Arnold Allen Max Holloway fight that we mentioned is happening in Kansas City last week what do you think of, of the current state of the featherweight division really quickly I mean it, I just want to say ask this because of the fact that we have the opportunity I mean Yair is gonna unify with Volk um where does Max Holloway fit in this? Do you think Yair could get it done? You think Max Holloway's in here? What about Arnold Allen? Like, what, what, What's the health of the featherweight division looking like?
4: I think it all just comes down to when that Volk-Yair fight mm-hmm. comes next and what Volk wants to do after that. Because if he wants to go up and challenge Islam again, then I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there might be an opportunity for
1: that too. Yeah. I mean, we let's just bring that into the conversation. So Islam Makachev, a uh, unanimous decision, defeats Alexander Volkanovsky. It was 48-47, 48-47, 49-46. My card was forty-nine, forty-six. Where did your guys' cards lie?
2: I scored forty-eight, forty-seven, and didn't think there was so much controversy until I got online a couple hours later.
1: Yeah, Couldn't I gave 3-5 to
4: Volk, and I thought it was pretty clear, but I, I thought so
1: they got it He was so, going to
4: need some home-cooking Australian judges to get help, which I didn't yeah. think was necessarily off the table, but they got it right.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it sounds like we could have been the three judges there because we had a 49-46 and two 48-47. So we mimic the cards here. But so here, here's the thing. I know they brought up in the post-fight presser and, and the talk online was a rematch here, Makachev-Volkanovsky. But then you have Yair sitting here at featherweight and he clearly dominated. So, so- Yair is a legitimate, it's not like it was razor thin or contra. It, he's a legitimate featherweight contender.
4: Volk, Volk spoke to this in his post-fight presser. He complimented Yair, said that – I mean, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but he was but, yeah. specifically excited about having Yair as his next challenger at featherweight. Those were words out of his mouth.
1: Okay, so it sounds like Volk's going to – I don't run. know what,
4: what happens first, but that was what Volk said.
1: I think – and this is where I really respect Volk. Volk's a man of the game, and so I don't think he's going to leave the featherweight – Division just vacant and sitting there and ruining their careers. Cause he's not, I don't believe he's doing this for clout. I think he's genuinely doing this because he's a competitor at He wants to the he wants to be the best in the world. He wants to do it for him. So I think he goes back down, defends against the air, comes in at a minus 350 favorite. Um, and and then maybe bounces back up. I guess before we segue to news and notes, what do you think's next for Islam? I mean, lightweight's weird too. We got a Benel Darius Charles Oliveira fight. And then, and then we have Michael Chandler Connor. And then we have
4: Michael Chandler Connor is so far away. I'm not even concerned about that yet. Like we got
1: less about that and more about how I know everyone wants a Connor fight. So do you just yeah, I okay, I agree. Let's ignore that one. So what we got Poirier, he has got nothing booked.
0: I think Islam Poirier sells. I'll tell you that.
1: Because of the Khabib element? Because just
2: every element. Poirier is a name at this point. He's got, he had the Khabib matchup. He had the counter matchup. He's got the juice from, I mean, he's got the hot sauce.
1: Poirier sells. One last thing too, and this is really important to note. As I'm looking through this lightweight division and that performance with, because you got to remember, Islam was fighting a smaller, I know by weight, but a smaller frame Volkanovsky, a 145-er. Some of these names here after that performance might give him a very, very hard time. I was looking at Fazeev. I was looking at Matus Gamrat. Could be really tough for him. Benel Armin too. Armin. I saw Armin. Armin could be really tough for him. Jalen yeah. Turner, yeah. who strikes and, and submission, could be really tough. I mean, this is a guy that I thought in Islam who was going to be untouchable for the next decade. I no longer feel that way. With
4: Oliver and Dariush getting booked, though, I mean, Gaethje's booked against Fazeev. Right. Gamrat's now, I mean, we're, gonna, we're getting ahead of news and notes, but Gamrat's stepping in. He's going to fight Jalen Turner.
1: Right. The Dustin only one is left is Dustin.
0: The, next
1: the only one is Dustin. That's the only guy left. If Islam's trying to stay active. Yeah. And if we don't get Volk again. Because I do think that although it's
2: not the most likely scenario, there is a scenario where Volk felt the who's supposed to be the strongest, most difficult to deal with, lightweight, um, and fared fine. You saw him yeah. in his corner saying he's not strong. I've got the line. This. The and line definitely I, wouldn't be minus 400. I re- wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't want to cut as much weight in the future if he doesn't think that there's as much opportunity for him or as much to prove after going 3 and 0 against one of the heavyweight the featherweight goats i wouldn't be incredibly surprised if we see a fully 155 Volk that's fully focused on taking islam's belt and running that division
4: i think he would announce it before like he would make a he would make an announcement of like this is going to be my last 145 fight before i move up and yeah. cuz i think he's a guy that's going to be true to his word and still keep or- Forty five until he says something.
1: Or at the very least, he would vacate vacant for make vac- forty-five vacant vacant. Yeah. Right. That's that's more of what yeah. I'm saying is is Yair versus
2: the winner of uh Holloway um I was about whatever. to say that opens up Holloway
1: to get a shot again right. because yep. of the fact the
2: that the winner of Arnold Allen Holloway fights Yair for the interim and Volks a 155, or maybe. I
1: maybe. love that. Because
2: if right. there's one thing I learned from the Holloway trilogy, it's that. Fighting Volk does not get easier. And no. so I, I would not want to be in Islam's camp
1: trying to prepare for Volk number two. Right. Volk Volk out of anyone I've ever seen is one of the most evolved for a guy who started MMA so late, he evolves and learns so fucking fast. Maybe the like, most coachable fighter of all time. Even his ability to defend the takedown was shocking. I mean, you've never seen Islam struggle like that. I mean, he's seen any-
2: three fights striking toe to toe with Holloway only to grapple toe-to-toe with Islam
1: like he could not be more coachable shout out Craig Jones shout out that whole team shout out Volkanovski but also Islam you were the winner congratulations all right Toby. let's kick it to news and notes I'm
0: um, ready.
4: last two bonuses were Yair performance of the night and the fight of the night was Volk Islam no surprise there
1: not to sound like a liberal but the rich get richer am I right
2: Maybe we should
1: do, like, a fan-voted crypto bonus. Oh, well, the fan crypto bonus, I'm going to give the top performance to Bulk, and then it wasn't just popularity, basically. No, every bonus every week, regardless of who was fighting, went to Patty Pimplett. Even – there was one week where all three losers got the bonuses. (laughs)
4: um all right news and notes this one is kind of it came to let i don't know it became news this week right after the fight but it has to do with that fight of the night bulk islam dan hooker was pretty adamant that he had some new juice on islam using an iv to re-put on weight after what weighing in on what i guess saturday in australia before the sunday fight in australia I, i'm lost in the timeline somewhere but it was to put weight back in he used an IV, which is obviously illegal and i uh, I don't know. I don't want to say whether it's true or not. Hooker's pretty adamant that it's true. and
2: So the more that I'm reading about it, it sounds like regardless of if it's true or not, it's a pretty non-story. It's coming out right now, or just in the wake of all of this, that under the UFC's rules, IVs of less than 100 milliliters per 12-hour period are allowed as long as they're monitored by a physician or recommended by a doctor, which essentially just means that if you know a doctor, you can have them administer an IV and it's a part of USADA's rules, which is pretty much directly contradicting the UFC's anti-doping protocol, which outlawed the use of IVs. It's just, it's an interesting Wild West kind of moment where it sounds like USADA and the UFC have contradicting rules and no one's one's been stopping anyone. The more that comes to light, it it sounds like this is a pretty standard practice, And, and I don't mean standard like everything's above board, but I do mean standard that it's prevalent and common.
1: The other thing too, is just that for me, it's innocent until proven guilty. Like I respect Dan Hooker. I respect him for getting behind his team. I respect all that, but like, unless, I mean, Dan said it better. It's a, it's really a non-story, but I'm on the side of, you need to prove to me with unreasonable doubt that Islam did it with malicious intentions and that, you know what I mean? That it wasn't allowed and that it's cheating, you know?
2: Well, so for me, I, I want to clarify, it's such a non-story that it's become a story is what I'm trying to say. Mm. It's not a story for me that Islam is a cheater or any of that, but
0: I'm really intrigued by the idea of there being huge loopholes within these competitive playing field that, that what, I, what, I, what I, the words I'm
2: looking for are governing bodies. Um yeah that and to me that that's a, a bigger story than the
4: one islam accusation itself accusation right okay i can get behind fair that. fair enough um all right so we learned on the broadcast at 284 that tyler santos is out this week stepping in short notice is going to be jessica Andraj. um i'll let y'all get your excitement in in a second here but While we learned, I tried to get the pulse on a spread setting opportunity between you guys so we could tape and get as much done as early as possible. So Dan came in at Andrade minus 145, Reese came in at Andrade minus 160, and at the time after opening at 190, it was at about Andrage 65, so that's going to be point Reese. Game Reese. Not game Reese, 2-2. Oh, oh, oh. Did I add it the wrong way?
1: Home cooking yet again. Boycott game. Country club is out to get me. You can't That's even hide it anymore.
4: Wrong way. way. No, DK was up 2-1 to one in the second game.
1: Fraudulent. Recount. I'm, to, I'm
4: recounting right now.
1: I need to recount Georgia.
4: The good news is that we will get a spread to set right now that will be the deciding point in our
0: fifth game. Danny's got a 3-1 lead.
1: Danny, Dude, you also got a Jessica Andrade's Mojo auto up there. That's quite sexy.
0: This is a
4: middleweight bout, not this weekend, but next weekend. So that is February 25th in Vegas. Andre Mooney's and Brendan Allen. This one just opened yesterday.
0: Okay. And Reese that- is going to things off.
1: I'm glad we're getting on top of this because this is a a fight that I eyed from a while. Like I've been eyeing this fight since it got announced because I like the Andre Mooney side. We've been big Brandon Allen backers and we've been big Andre Mooney's backers and Matt Mooney's too. But the Brandon Allen aspect has showed us where he's strong, where he's weak, where we've gone wrong, where we've gone right. And I think that when you look at a guy who wants to grapple, who wants to control, it is going to be very, very, very tough to do that against this Matt, against Mooney's. I think stylistically, this is going to be a problem for him. And so I I like the Mooney's side. Both of these guys are on absolute killer streaks. Um, And it makes it tough because they're stylistically similar. The level of competition, I probably have to give a slight nod to Brennan Allen just because, um, he's fought Strickland and and Jotko. It's actually pretty close. Um, and so I I like Andre Mooney's. I'm not comfortable enough putting a 200 in front of Mooney's because admittedly, I'd even be on Allen there potentially because Allen still can grapple. He can still fight back, but it's going to be a high 100s. Um, so I'm going to go Mooney's minus 190. And I feel pretty good there because I feel like if Danny goes either way, I, I feel like I still got a shot here.
0: I'm going over you. I had, I had an even bigger line in my head. I'm going two hundred five. Um, all right. This one, like I said, opened
4: yesterday. Currently sitting at minus one eighty five. Mooney's, but two thirty was the number I had. I hope it opened there. We still missed the boat. 110 both ways it opened. Yeah,
1: fuck, dude. Oh, my God. At 110 both ways, I throw fucking a grand on Mooney's. Where, where did this open out of curiosity? Like, can Dan and I, if this opens in theory, and we were right on top of open, is this like a DraftKings USA open, or is this opening overseas?
4: So, it opened at...
1: Like, is it live on DraftKings right now?
4: It, it opened on Bovada at minus 190. It's not on DraftKings. It opened on Bet Online. I don't know. Do we have a book? Do you guys have access to no, that?
1: Those are all uh, overseas books, which makes more sense because they're so Bet Online is like the, considered the sharpest of the MMA books. So this makes sense.
4: Bet Online had it 110 both ways on the morning of the 14th, which is yesterday. Yeah.
1: So they, so Bet Online gets a shitload of sharp action, sharp early action, like a ton. And so what ends up happening is a lot of books wait until Bet Online adjusts their bets accordingly. And then they'll settle in when the line settles in. So my guess is a lot of people hammered it at 110, went to 190, and then Bovada was like, all right, we'll take 190, 190 Moonies, whatever. That's what it looks like. Wow. Okay. Yeah, 110 right. each way. So
4: that's a full tally for Reese. Three to two Dan on the year.
1: But needed we that tally.
4: Next one,
1: we can't brush over that. Your your boy needed that tally. We can't,
4: we cannot forget that.
1: So, what else do we have news and notes wise?
4: Yep, let's keep rolling. Um, Matus Gamrot stepping in for Dan Hooker back in the news versus Jalen Turner at UFC 285.
2: That's a sweet matchup, really, really tough test for Jalen Turner. I know there's a lot of hype behind him, but I kind of think
4: Gamer shuts him down. I doubt it, but do we have a line on that? don't have a line on that yet no i'll stay on top
1: of that one we might want to attack uh dan and i'm dan we might want to attack gamrot early potentially um because i think there's a i kind of think that the public's a little sour on gamrot
2: after that benny performance Mm -hmm. yeah but what about the sharps
1: that's the question
2: I, i think the sharps will be on it no matter what but we won't we won't get in before the sharps i think that Ultimately, the money's going to come back to Jalen, whichever way the Sharp action okay.
1: happens. Now I feel that.
4: Um, all right, keeping it moving. We have, we mentioned it quickly when we were talking about lightweights, but Olivera Dariush looks like it's booked for UFC 288. No location yet on that one, but it's May 6th.
1: Oliveira Dariush. Okay. Um, That's probably number one contender.
4: Yeah, in all likelihood, that would make sense, right? So I'm no. actually, I'm just looking right now. Caesar's has a potential fight void if not t- if not fought before the end of 2023. But I don't know if that's an official number.
1: It's it's soft enough. I mean, it's it's official enough because you can take it.
4: All right, so. should we run with it now, Dan? Go for it. Penny Dare, you always
2: deserves more respect. I don't think that. Vegas will catch up here. Um ultimately they do a lot of the same things really great. They both have really heavy hands. They both have really great jujitsu. Um honestly, I would give the the wrestling and the takedowns nod to Benny's side, which is a little interesting, but still would have Chucky Olives as the better grappler.
0: Um ultimately Chucky's going to be the favorite. I, I want to put a one in front of it,
2: but I think there's going to be slight two in the public eyes. So I'm, I'm going minus 205,
1: Chucky Olives.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm going less than that. And I'm pretty comfortable it's going to be less than that. And I'm pretty comfortable that I would be on Darius hard at 205. Chucky Olives obviously reinvented himself. He obviously went on an absolute tear, and I don't want to take anything away from him. I just think that where Darius is in his career with his ability to grapple and hold down a guy like Gomrat, which I hold in an extremely high vein, I think that, you know, his submission defense is smart enough, his striking smart enough. I I feel good about it less than that. So I'm going to go, I had uh, Oliveira minus 170. I am going to play the game a little bit. The game's a little bit too close for me not to. So I'm going to go Oliveira minus 190. I'll still give Dan a little bit of leeway. How
4: about this? Dariush is your favorite, minus 120, plus yeah. 100
1: on Oliveira. No, wow. that, that, that makes sense in the aspect of even at that 170 line I set, like I'm on Dariush. I, I feel good about Dariush there. I just thought kind of what Dan thought that the over adjustment for Oliveira wouldn't quite be there yet.
0: Um, that'll be the last set of spread that
4: we do today. Um, but two more fights to announce. The second fight I want to announce on UFC 288, May 6th, at a location TBD, Bryce Mitchell and JSP, Jonathan Pierce, our boy, stepping in against a real ranked opponent at 145 there.
0: Which I
2: cannot wait to bet, and this is one where you wait and you wait and you wait, and you get that steam number on Saturday night, and then you go and buy all your Christmas presents for the year.
1: I'm very, very, very happy that this one came to fruition. I wasn't sure it was going to for a while because it was rumored. But finally,
4: by Danny, yeah.
1: this is the best, maybe one of the best fights possible for JSP to, to stamp himself as a legitimate, I am here, everyone else run away, the public will take notice. There's a shitload of Bryce Mitchell fans out there. If he goes out there, we're betting him against Topuria and like heavily, heavily. We got Topuria as a dog, right? Or like basically, we'll um, get
2: a significant
1: dog number here. And, and so for that, it, it's just as a guy who's a huge fan of JSP, as we all are, it's this one was music to my ears. This felt like a Christmas Day um, gift. So, cool, ha. Huh?
0: Last
4: fight to announce, last news and note of the day, Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker. That's going to be one week later, May 13th.
1: Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker.
0: That's going to be uh, bad Anthony
1: Smith, if, especially if you get a dog price. But that's one of those that I look at like the Anthony Smith fight is like Johnny Walker is like a Ryan Span where Anthony Smith's fight IQ is just too damn high for some of these guys.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. The way that My Johnny Walker's been winning these fights is not a, a, a path to victory. Anthony
4: Smith is going to give him.
1: My rent is damn high.
4: Um, all right. Let's move it on to this week UFC Vegas 69. Nice Andrage Blanchfield main card at 6 p.m. Central, prelims at 3 p.m. Central, back in the apex.
2: And Kobe, you can you can just Cut right to the chase. I know that the UFC is going back to their named cards for this one. If you remember, like back in the day, no way out. This one's called dog or Pats.
0: You're kidding. Wait, is that
1: I, I, is that? No, confirmed? it's not
2: real. I'm I'm calling it dog or pass. Oh, I was
1: going to say if they actually are doing that, that is hilariously elite. Okay,
2: Reece I just got to...
1: got by the Tubi commercial twice in one week. I, well, honestly, I hate to be like that guy, but I always get got. I almost got a. I almost got. Uh, I almost was single starting Sunday night because I was like, "Who the fuck's that on the remote?" All right. <laughs> no, I mean, if that happened during a UFC fight, my reaction would be like, I probably would be single and have no friends. Okay. Well, you We're already have no friends, but, but I knew I fucking set it up. That's why I was trying to adjust so quickly. I was like, "I'm fucked." Okay, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it, man. All right. So here's what we got. We have. Starting off the card, Clayton Carpenter versus Juan Camilo Randeros. And Clayton Carpenter's minus 305. Juan Camilo is plus 255. The line opened at Carpenter minus 350. And, Dan, I can be honest with you. I'm sh- shocked it's going that way. Um, and, and I'll just go quick because I'm brief here, and, and I really want to hear your take. But uh, Ronderos trains out of Extreme Couture, 27 years old. He's a great prospect. Um, and they gave him David Dvorak, and that's the definition of either way too much, way too soon, or showing where the UFC and how the UFC feels about him. He then got in trouble. I don't know how long is, I think he had a two year suspension or suspension. He got in trouble for cocaine, (laughs) believe it or not. So at least, you know, this guy uh, likes to party and it's just, I don't know if they're trying to. Really, give this guy a legitimate UFC run. I mean, he's 4 0 as a professional.
2: That's how I read it. This seems and, like a hand picked opponent for uh Clay Carpenter who they want to build up. Exactly.
1: And, and Clayton Carpenter in the other fight came off contender series. You know, Dana Loves is great series in his contender
2: series fight. I will give him that. This is Before one I know that, I just made a dog or pass joke, but I do have this as a parlay piece uh earmarked for Clay Carpenter.
1: Sweet. Yeah. Because I'm in a similar vein. I, I, He's finishing guys via head kick. He's finishing guys via knee bar and rear naked chokes. He can. He's a guy who, even though that he's a flyweight, he has the finishing ability. So if you're one of those people who do daily fantasy or or prop betting for inside the distance, Clayton Carpenter is a guy who I believe can get the job done. He's 26 years old. They want to juice up that 125 pound division. I, I think that. Is even though Juan Camilo is not like a joke, like he is talented. I don't want you to think there's going to be a runover. I mean, they're trying to punish him. They gave him to Vorak. He got suspended for two years. He's now fighting Clayton Carpenter. I mean, there's just a lot into this storyline that I think the UFC really wants Clayton Carpenter to be successful here. So I was shocked that it went down to 350. And I think at 305, Dan drilled it on the head parlay piece. What are you thinking, Dan? Move yeah, on, or no, do you have stuff yeah, to move add? on? Move Nothing on. to add there. AJ Fletcher at 170, taking on Themba Gorimbo. And I wasn't familiar with Themba Gorino. The line here is Fletcher minus 265, Gorimbo plus 225, opened at Fletcher minus 160, which is a line that I obviously would want to jump on now. I just didn't know much about this Gorimbo. Dan. What's your read on this fight? Because it's obviously two guys who like to, to to throw at a high pace.
0: Yeah, I I
2: do think Fletcher is going to get back to his wrestling roots here. Um, the one thing he's got to look out for is that huge reach advantage that Themba has. I think it's something like nine inches. Um, but he doesn't use it to his best abilities. It doesn't work behind his jab at all. Um, it's more of a reckless kind of throw caution of the wind kind of striking big movements um, shooting takedowns from very far away. Nothing set up. Um, not even, not a great grappler. I know that you see submissions on his, on his record, but it's more so of really just catching his opponents right away than it is setting up submissions or working off the back. And I do think that Fletcher is going to be able to work uh, a lot of top pressure, a lot of ground and pound and ultimately have a kind of a hammer and nail kind of fight here um the reasons i'm staying away from this one is because aj fletcher just hasn't proved to me that he's the guy at all i mean decision to semi the jedi and then the way that he gassed at elevation against angalusa um obviously I, as i mentioned elevation plays a huge role into that but um just a lot of red flags and not a lot of answered questions. That surround this AJ Fletcher guy, and I don't want to pay big juice on that.
1: Yeah, I. So, do you have a read on on Garimbo? Other than you know he had he's not the best at utilizing his reach advantage, or is this more of I've seen what Fletcher does. I know it was elevation, but like it, it's too risky at this point in the young man's career to to pay two sixty five. Where where yeah, it's it's a, it's a wait
2: and see on Fletcher's side for me. Okay. I'm I'm not in the Garimbo as a. Huge prospect camp. I mean, he's 32 going on 33 coming in. These guys are, I mean, AJ Fletcher's the better prospect of the two.
1: Yeah. Um, he's, only, uh, Greenbow's only fought in the, in the, uh, EFC, which is like the South, uh, African promotion and, uh, UAE, which I also believe is South African. So he, he's on the African regional circuit. Um, there is good talent there. I'm with you, Danny. I think Fletcher just has too many question marks. The one thing I want to add again is he could, and again, I don't know what the salaries are looking like, but uh, Fletcher and Carpenter are, are I, I believe, good DraftKings options because there's a high likelihood of of a finish. I, I think both these guys, if they do win, which they're favored to, um, I, I, I actually like the finish for both these gentlemen. Here's a dumpster fire. Oving Saint Peru versus Felipe Lins. OSP plus one seventy five. Felipe Lins minus two oh five. It opened at Felipe Lins minus one thirty. So I think everyone's given up on OSP, just like I have.
2: Yeah, and after you watched uh, Shogun fight in, in what was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, it's tough to watch his. It's tough to watch back his fight with OSP and think that either one of these guys are going to be in a competitive fight going forward um he's just way past his prime and all respect to him major huge legend i mean he's got more von flu chokes than freaking von flu
1: yeah it should should be the OSP joke
2: but yeah i i just think that Linz is probably going to tag him he's by far the more athletic guy here um at this point in their careers and yeah i just it's one of those things that at at the heavier weight classes, uh, the guys sticking around are even more brutal.
1: So I made a note of this because I really wanted to bring it up to you. Dan, fight goes to decision minus 110. Fight doesn't go to decision, or it updated. Fight goes to decision plus 100. Fight doesn't go to decision minus 135. The over under two and a half, over is minus 130, under is minus 105. What do you make of that?
2: Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. There, there, there's a reason that they're having a legend like OSP fight in the third fight of the, of the prelims. Yeah.
1: OSP's uh, 39, going on 40 here in, in April. But Felipe Lins is no spring chicken. He's 37. I mean, here's my problem, Dan. I don't, And I know Kobe's going to say, you guys spent so long on OSP. And you're right. But here's all I want to add. Felipe Linz got fucking knocked out by Tanner Bowser. Who the fuck gets knocked out by Tanner Boser, dude? Like he beat Marcin Practico, who we'll talk about later.
2: You know who but, the fuck gets knocked out by a Tanner Boser? OSP. Let's move on.
1: <laughs> Dan's quick, quick witted with that bullshit. Um, so no plays here?
2: No, this is a huge pass for me. This is Sweet. go pick up the food, go walk your dog, don't even check Twitter.
1: Jabal Emers taken on at 145 Kuzin Askobov and the reason why Askobov is, is getting a lot of headlines this week is he's coming into his UFC debut at 23 and 0 the line here is Askobov -130 Jamal Emmer's minus, or +110 and it opened at Askobov -235 and has just gotten smashed towards the Jamal Emmer side and you're probably asking yourself oh well 23 and 0 is 18 and 6 a 23-0 Russian. I I'm about to hammer this and make money. I'm excited to hear what Danny says because my take of this whole thing is Emerser Pass. And Dan named the card dogger pass. So I'm curious where he's at here.
4: Can I add a detail real quick? Yes, please. Ascob hasn't fought since the last time Ian Butler fought.
1: Do we Park. know why? Well, is I, that just,
4: I I've got a little bit of a storyline there.
1: Um
2: and ultimately I, I am exactly with you, where you are Reese. I have just been a wait and see it's Embers or pass. Um, and the reason why I'm on a pass is because Embers as athletic and as skilled and as, as many boxes as he ticks, he finds ways to lose. Yeah. Um He, he tagged Sabatini and then got heel hooked like a minute later. Bad um, he was having grappling success against Giga until, I mean, Giga ended up getting a sweep and that's Giga, but he's just not a guy that you can really rely on to always be fighting at his best. Um, And of the small tape I could find on Hussein, he also is checking all the boxes. I mean, he's got good wrestling, good body locks, good trip, takedown game, decent submissions, real knockout power. Um, I mean, you saw the flying knee on his record. He's got some interesting striking, uh, whatever. But yeah, there's a whole lot of questions about the level of competition throughout this 23-0 run. There's a whole lot of questions about, like Kobe said, what he's been doing. And and the only thing that I've learned is that in that time of, what was it, he, he's from 25 to 28 years old, he's going to be making a move to featherweight. Yeah. And so that might have been involved in just getting his body ready, making the transition transition of just kind of becoming a man. like going from 25 to 28 your body changes like into its final form Uh, but yeah I do think that we're going to see a bigger version of Hussein um, and someone that's going to be able to have physical advantages over Jamal Embers and so I think that if I knew more I would want to be on the Hussein side looking at the line movement and everything but I'm exactly where Reese is. It's Embers or pass and it's a pass for me.
1: Yeah, just quick side note for me. The reason why I'm most likely passing is because all the value that I would have had on Embers has been priced out. Um, And so it's not, I think Embers is going to win. I think he probably should even be the favorite. But at a guy who opened at plus 235, trying to sink your teeth into plus 110 is just long-term a bad decision. Myra Bueno Silva taking on Lena Landsberg at 135. I'm not quite sure how Lena Landsberg is still here. Myra Bueno Silva is minus uh, 475. Lena Elbow Queen Landsberg plus 380. Bueno Silva opened at 400. Has seen some action. I mean, Dan, this is an untouchable women's fight based on our science. Um, I mean, the only real question I have for you here is: is we're obviously not taking the dog. Lena Landsberg's proven over and over again not to be that. Girl, can you especially add- in the
2: only striking matchup? Or, I mean, she sorry, in it, this is going to be an only striking matchup, and you don't beat MBS by out
1: no pointing her, she's gonna or clinching her. Up. But my question is, can you add MBS Meyer Buena Silva into a parlay, or is there no plan of attack here? I won't.
2: This is this is another yeah. pass for me. I, I don't love playing heavy women's favorites unless their names are Valentina, Amanda.
1: That's it. Okay, so it, this is a big straight. If you're Mac, picking out where you're going to sail when you finally buy a boat and always sunny, is this just a flat, flat X? Not going over yeah. there? Not that territory? <laughs> uh, Nazim Uh, Saidukov against Evan Elder. Evan Elder comes in at plus 160, Saidukov minus 190. This opened at Saidukov minus 260, and Evan Elder plus 220. And I, I do agree with this team here, Dan. I think that when I when it re, when push comes to shove, who do I really think is going to be victorious? I think it's Nazim. I think it's Cidjikov. But I would be remiss if I if I didn't give Evan Elder more than a puncher's chance. I think that he's he's young. He trains at Kill Cliff, which is a phenomenal gym. Um, and I, I I really think that there's an opportunity even at that 160. To maybe sink your teeth in here, um, I I just my issue is as much as I think there's value on Evan Elder, I do think Seidukov is going to win, and so I'm not trying to throw away units on on a bit of a dart throw. Where are you at? Yeah, no, I I
2: agree with a lot of where you're coming from. Two very solid prospects coming out of great gyms. Seidukov with a uh, uh, Sarah Longo, your boy Marab, and then you mentioned Elder with Kill um, and it kind of leads to a striker versus grappler situation, which is why I think we have Sayedikov as the favorite being the grappler. Um, but Elder showed in in his, obviously he's 0-1 in the UFC, but he showed um, that he's knowledgeable and, and meticulous on the ground. Um, he does all the right things, gets out of it, like, any submissions. And I do think that Sayedikov is going to have a lot of trouble trying to finish him at all on the mat i think that elder's game i think that once elder gets to the feet he'll be able to land those combinations and those heavy hands that he has and and i i kind of agree with you i think that there is value on this elder side
1: yeah that's i mean you took the take on it like that is exactly my take too. is like Cj call is gonna be able to to grapple him but it's like Elder's game. Elder could get the finish in his own right. Elder could outpoint him.
2: Grappled before. He trains at Killcliffe, which is preparing yeah. him for a well-rounded fight. I I think that there's an easy narrative here to see. Um one of them might be more well-rounded than people expect when they get there.
1: Yeah. Don't disagree. If you're gonna gun to your head and you have to take a side, I think the side's Evan Elder. Jim Miller, Alexander Hernandez. There's a prelim uh, main event, by the way, and then we're going to a short main card. It's it's a short fight night altogether. And like Kobe said, it does start at 3 p.m., so you'll have your Saturday night. But, Dan, I go back and forth on this one, so I'm really intrigued to hear your take here. Jim Miller is coming in as the dog and pretty sizable at that. Uh, he's currently sitting at plus 190. Uh, Alexander Hernandez, minus 225. It opened at Alexander, minus 250, so a little bit has come to the Jim Miller way. Interesting line movement, though, because it opened at 250, got as low as like 180, and then it slowly trickled back. So the the gauge on how I read that line is sharps like Miller, more of the public slash kind of sharp action is, is bringing it back to Hernandez to a more reasonable price. Um, what What's your take here? I'm
0: really curious because I'm very torn. Yeah, no, I, I think that Jim Miller
2: obviously needs no introduction. Most wins in the UFC, most finishes are lightweight. But obviously getting up there in age, I mm-hmm. think that if you're asking me about this fight even two years ago, I'd be much more confidently on the Miller side. Um, his fight style hasn't changed. He fights really well behind his jab. Great output, good kicks to the leg. Um, I'm looking at, the, at this most recent string of form. And it's been great. I mean, finishing Nick Moda, finishing Cowboy, avenging that loss. I do think that there's some juice on his name that might be playing into some recency bias here. And I think that that hypothetical matchup that I'm talking about a year ago, two years ago, sees sees Jim Miller plus 250, and I'm jumping all over that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more so on a pass here because you don't go rich from backing Alexander Hernandez. Uh, anytime he's faced real adversity or been dragged out into like the, the third or late into the second round, he's succumbing to that adversity. And it, it it's not so much that he's gassing or that he's got no cardio. It's It's, he likes to be the hammer. He's not so great at being the nail. And that's a, a really tough spot to be in when you're fighting a guy who's not going to go away in Jim Miller. But at the same time, with the recency bias and the age coming in line, I just can't bring myself to be on the Jim Miller
1: side. Yeah. See, I, I mean, I, you pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you're in a similar spot to me. It's like Jim Miller, 39. He's been in the UFC forever. has on a real serious run as of recent, but the wins are like Nicholas Mata, Eric Gonzalez, a really old Donald Cerrone. And he has losses against like, Vince Michelle, Scott Holtzman, um, of recent memory, but like it's weird because when you look back at his career, it's like he always lost to the top, top top, always had success against the the middle to bottom. And Alexander Hernandez, it's like, obviously he's physically gifted. He finished Pinel Darius. she he, he finished um or, or got a very nice win against a guy like Oam. But then he's losing to getting finished by Moikato instantly, getting finished by uh, Billy Q viciously, losing to Drew Dober via knockout. It just smells, losing to Donald Cerrone, it just smells to me like Alexander Hernandez could easily come out here, finish Jim Miller, and be, and be back on track. But he could easily get outclassed with a high IQ. Jim Miller dragging him to deep waters. Dream, Jim Miller drowning him out. I think that because I, I was going to be on Jim Miller, but I think because I've been flip-flopping this entire time, I think it's just a pass. I, I don't know how I can get on Jim Miller. Main card, William Knight, Marcin Practico, 205. Uh, Marcin Practico is minus 105. William Knight, minus 115. Line's been flip-flopping, uh, but it's, it, it, it opened at 110 each way, so it's it's just teetering between those two. Where are you at? You know... This is another hard one to pick. Am I missing something? What's so funny? Uh, You were smirking and Kobe hit me with a big smirk. Did I mess something up? Are we good? No. No. Some sort of brother telepathy or some shit. William Knight,
2: short, stocky, powerful. Not the most dynamic or well-rounded, but certainly dangerous. Plots forward, looking for those big hooks, big overhands. Procneo, different kind of striker, karate style. Going to use that footwork, try and stay out of, out of danger from Knight. Ultimately, I think that this is a good matchup for Procneo, having that reach advantage, having that footwork and, and technique kind of advantage when it comes to the point fighting. But man, this is a small cage. I won't be surprised if William Knight finds the button. This is a, a, another pass for me. Reese alluded to it earlier. I don't bet a lot of light heavyweight or heavyweight. Um, and ultimately, this is the reason. I, I see a yeah. situation where. Pracknell could win 12, 13 minutes of this fight and then get tagged and it's over once.
1: Yeah. It's passed for me too. I, I also don't even know if William Knight's going to come close to 205. If we're being honest, um, he was fighting at heavyweight. He's humongous. Uh, he's missed badly at 205 before. So I don't know. I, 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 I have my question marks there, but I mean, Marcin can go gasses out and has a tendency to gas out and, William Knight's a guy who can drag on you, drag on you in the clinch, um, take you down, and, and he's heavy, so he's heavy on top, wear you down. i probably lean the William Knight side. I mean, whenever you have a guy who gets knocked out by Sam Alvey, and that is uh, Marcin go, it's hard to ever come back from that. But I'm not looking forward to backing either of these gentlemen, so as a similar theme. Pass. Josh Parisian, a perennial fade for me against Jamal Pogues. A perennial fade for me. 265. Jamal Pogues comes in at minus 245. Josh Parisian plus 205. Lined open at Jamal Pogues, minus 170. So he is seeing the steam and the sharp action. Um, Dan, Jamal Pogues has a wrestling foundation, and Parisian is probably the worst or one of the worst heavyweights Grapplers we've seen, we've seen him on his, especially yeah, yeah, we've seen him on his back and just look like he has no fucking clue what he's doing,
2: which is why the line's where it is.
1: but one thing I wanted to mention from taping Jamal Pogues is I feel like he's been falling in love with his hands a little bit. um,
2: the only so, thing I saw about that storyline was I saw that more of just being didn't get the the nod from contender series the first time because of his grappling style. And so mm-hmm. in his last contender series, I think that he was, I think he had excitement on the mind more than winning. And and so I do think that we'll see him revert back to the, the grappling okay. here. Um, Ultimately this is, and it pains me to say it, but this might be the spot I'm looking at to add to that uh, Carpenter parlay. Okay. And, and it pains me because I, you don't go rich from backing Pogues as a favorite, but no. yeah, the recipe for beating Parisians out Flashy striker, terrible cardio. If he doesn't land a big shot early, you're going to take him down multiple times. And it's going not to be a good fight for you.
1: Very slow. I, yeah, I, I really want to be on Pogues. I just don't trust it. I yep. just don't trust it. If, if There's I can no get
2: trust on this card anywhere,
1: yeah, if I could get confirmation from his camp that he's going to go out there and wrestle, I would back it 10 times out of 10. I just don't know if I'm believing it. Back up. Let's we'll just continue trucking on this card of of more low level big boys throwing why is this happening? Co main event at 205. Zach Palga against Jordan Wright. The line here is Palga minus two seventy five. Jordan Wright plus two thirty. Palga open at minus one ninety five. Is seeing the action. I mean, Dan, you're familiar with Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hillbilly. Um that's Beverly Hill not his name. The Beverly Hills disrespect
2: my fringe UFC fighting friend.
1: (laughs) And then Zach who, who, who like either won the ultimate fighter or I think he won ultimate fighter was runner up on ultimate fighter, uh, getting knocked out by Muhammad Usman in a fight that he was controlling until he got caught. It also, I rewatched that fight and it didn't seem like that hard of a punch. So maybe and that's a the storyline can... on
2: both sides. Okay. Uh, n- neither guy has a chin. Neither guy is, is reliable. Neither guy is high level. Pauga is going to be a bigger presence, and it is probably taking the sport more seriously. Wright seems like a guy that is sometimes in the UFC, sometimes not. But more so, is near the phone when the UFC needs it, needs an exciting heavyweight to
0: <sighs> to take a dive almost.
1: And so, with that being said, do you do you find it's a, a way? To-
0: it's you know, this is a huge so there's No, there's no way to get
2: on
1: Palga at 275.
2: Palga was like a minus 300 favorite and got, like you said, yeah, jab knockout to sleep by Mo Usman, who himself is a fringe UFC level talent. I, I do I, think that Jordan Wright can knock him out, and I do think that Palga can make this a, a one sided, dominant heavyweight fight, and I want no part of either side.
1: I do want to add though. Um, that I wouldn't be on the under here either. And I know it's going to be tempting to be on the under. I just think that not only with Palga being finished in a fight that he was controlling, but also the fact that Jordan Wright probably fighting for his job gets finished <laughs> finishes or gets finished every time. Wouldn't be surprised if you see him take a slower feel out approach, um, bigger frame could, could try to work the distance a little bit and, at under one and a half, minus 160, I would lay off. Even if it hits, I think you're better off laying off there. And I think if you want a Hail Mary, Hail Mary dark dart throw, I, for some reason, am feeling Paga wins by decision plus 500. I think that if the Mo Usman fight took the course it was supposed to take, it would have been Paga by decision. And I think that if this does take that slower pace. I think Pog is just going to win 30 27 pretty effortlessly. So that could be yeah, a Yeah, I like that. I think, yeah, that's that could a, be a dart dark. Throw. I, I never throw even like a full unit on something like that. But if you're really wanting to sprinkle something fun with some upside, Pog by decision could be that play. All right, let's get to the main Finally. series here. Yeah, Jessica Draj versus Aaron Blanchfield. And this fight is the whole selling point around this entire thing. And here's where the interesting part is. As you heard from the set, the spread, Jessica Andrage opened at minus 190. And both Dan and I set Andrage lower than that. Well, if we did the set, the spread right now, not only would Dan have won the point, but it would have basically been a ding, 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 where as Jessica Andrade sits at minus 135 right now, Aaron Blanchfield plus 115. So Dan, I have a confession to make. After Kobe and I did the set the spread on the phone, he goes, You can go bet it now if you want. You can tape it now if you want. So I went on to DraftKings and I saw that, that she was plus 140, Blanchfield. And I was like, You know what? I can sink my teeth into plus 140. As I click submit, it moves to 135, plus 135. And I'm like, You know what? So I don't have anything on it. I go, You know what? I'll wait. I'll see how this market plays out. Well, now it's that 135. 135 is distant history. But now I'm in a weird spot where I kind of like Andrade minus 135.
0: I can see where you're coming from. I mean, this is
2: as much steam as Andrade has had on her name, as much hype since that Rose Unislam, since she was holding gold. Um, And it's a funny spot for her, obviously short notice, um, but she's fighting an incredibly skilled woman that i don't think has nearly the amount of juice as she could have and i mean you saw her get booed during her victory speech in madison square garden as an american fighter fighting a foreigner obviously that's molly mccann but that i mean that's a whole other thing i think that people are about to find out about aaron blansfield that being said i don't know if it's this weekend i do think that we have mentioned she's part of this next generation of uh um of flyweights. And I do think that she's going to be a contender in this division for forever.
0: Um, ultimately there are holes in Jessica's game and, and the holes align with what
2: Blanchfield is strongest at it's, it's the yeah. wrestling. It's the, it's the ability to hold other people down. Um, we saw what Aaron Blanchfield did to Miranda Maverick just a year or
0: so ago. And I totally think that Jessica needs to be prepared for that but um
2: Jessica Andrade for me is like fighting Molly McCann but like a supercharged Molly McCann it's it's a similar fight but it's so different than a Tyler Santos um I I think I agree and I'm ultimately I'm coming around to the Jessica Andrade side as just a veteran lesson too much too soon on short notice maybe on a full camp this is different
1: No, I mean, you're right with me. It's like too much too soon, but at the same time, it's like Aaron Blanchfield is probably the best wrestler in this division and could easily hold her down. Uh, Andrade lost to Valentina by crucifix. Blanchfield just smoked Molly McCann by crucifix. The path to victory is there, but at the same time, Andrade is Andrade. The only time she loses is against Zhang, Shevchenko, and Rose. Here's my questions that'll help me get to my ultimate answer. Is Aaron Blanchfield too one-dimensional? That's my first question to you.
2: You know, she didn't seem as striking as Molly McCann. There wasn't one point in that fight where I was like, shell up, defense, don't let Molly touch you. She was she was clean.
1: My next question is Andraj, obviously undersized as far as like height goes, but is as strong as they come. She was able to standing fucking guillotine or some shit, Amanda Lemo, standing arm triangle, something crazy. Is there a submission risk on the side of Aaron Blanchard? Do we think that there's a, a high likelihood that she could get subbed, or do you think that that's more of a fear that I'm creating?
2: That's not that's not a fear I'm factoring into my handicap here or
1: my my breakdown really. That's not so that's then, more of a so then in what scenario does Andrade beat Blanchfield?
2: The same way she beats a lot of them. She walks him down. She shows
1: her the power. And
2: obviously, as she's walking her down, she's going to be right there for the takedowns. But if the strength is too much and if she can stuff him, it's going to awesome. be target practice.
1: Dan, I was on Blanchfield. Then I was like, oh, the price is bad. I need to be Andrade. Now this conversation with you, I'm back on Blanchfield. Because if Andrade is going to march her down, it's going to be a long night off her back. No.
2: I think Andraj is, is one of the unique women that you feel it when she hits you. You can't just stand there, eat a few, and line up your takedown and shoot. It, it It's a struggle to get in on those hips, and she's going to make you pay for it every time you try.
1: All right, so we'll end here. Fast forward to Saturday. Where's Danny? picks and predictions for this fight card i mean we're we're, we've been very up in the air i know it's early in the week it's only wednesday so the official plays will come but we just fast forwarded where are you putting your hard-earned cache
2: dan will probably be sprinkling evan elder okay dan will be looking for a dance partner to link up clay carpenter with in terms of a quick two-leg parlay
1: okay and and that and that partner's slowly leaning to be the side of maybe Pogues. Right it might be
2: pogs, but even when I say that out loud, that just seems like a bad bet. Pogues at minus 250 or whatever he's at.
1: <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but it's a like at stinky, the same stinky,
2: time, stinky, stinky, stinky ticket.
1: Uh um, same time fucking Freezian, dude. <laughs>
2: yeah, and then if the line keeps moving, I'll be on Andraj. Okay. But it looks like it's gonna.
0: This I is not my favorite one.
2: matchup for her. It'd be different in a full camp. And I and I think that Blanchfield would be a favorite if, if both we're, had a full camp.
1: Where not to put you on the spot, but where's the price where you attack on Josh? We're it's getting right to
0: it. Yeah, you, you you see
2: 120
1: and I'll probably be jumping on it. Okay. I, I think I yeah, I think you might see that. For me, quickly, I'm just gonna be on there's a small chance I sprinkle Jamal Emmers. Um the, the price is just shit, but I really think that the underdog value on Emmers is, is wrongfully priced there. Um, I might feel comfortable enough parlaying AJ Fletcher with who Dan mentioned, Clay Carpenter. You always got to worry with those early curtain jerkers though. Um, we'll sprinkle Evan Elder with him. I'm ultimately going to lay off Miller Hernandez, but it's going to be painful. Might parlay Jamal Pogues, but the only straight bet I had any confidence in was was Aaron Blanchfield and I missed it and now I'm confused. So all in all, this is going to be a spectator card for me. Sounds like Dan's gonna have a little bit of action, but we'll be spectating and hopefully boozing on some lovely Jepsons Malort. Kobe, do you have anything you like on this card before we fully close the books? Because you're you're coming around to the betting world. Come on, give give the listeners a country club something.
4: If I had to put money down, it's gonna be on Andrage to be honest. But okay, I well you I do pretty scared of this whole card.
1: Well, you do have to put money down, unfortunately. So we'll see you on Andrade, big man. (laughs) All
0: right. There you
1: go. (laughs) All right. So you heard it here first. A really eventful night in the ankle pickers universe. Uh, If you skip the interview, I highly suggest you go back and watch it. Don't don't skip the interview. It was phenomenal. They've already come this far. I'm letting you know. Go back and listen to it. It was fucking incredible. Shout out Ian Butler. We're looking forward to watching you this weekend and get the W done. Kobe, give me give us some spring cleaning, some something, and then hopefully a Poha and, and exit. I'm tired of so
4: talking. We'll be back next week around the same time for, uh, what, is that Prilog vs. Span? Is the headliner on
0: that one? I believe so. Cool. All right. Poha!